Welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. Today, we're talking about the Apple Watch Series 5. David has has one that he's been testing (laughs) for the past few weeks. We also want to talk about the possibility of an October announcement from Apple in this issue, so stay tuned. First, David's going to tell us about our sponsor. Yeah, so today's sponsor is Jamf, uh, and this is perfect timing because with all the new phones coming out, Jamf has a has a software that helps you manage phones for enterprise. And so if you're a company that has phones for your employees, Jamf is awesome. And let me read to you some of the things it lets you do. It lets you easily set up your devices. Uh, and you, when you do that, you can just have a profile so that it's automatically loading up the email setup, Wi-Fi setup. You can have a bulk purchase of apps for your phone, for your company, uh, and so, and also it gives you a lot of security management tools to make sure that these devices are secure and nobody's hacking into them or anything like that. So it's a really great solution. It, it's really quick and easy to set up and manage your iPhone de- and, app- and Apple devices in general. And the cool part is you can manage your first three devices for free. So it's easy to try out. If you go to jamfnow.com, and after that it's just $2 per month per device. So just the price of a coffee. (laughs) Um, We also want to tell you about our tip of the day newsletter. That's something iPhone Life produces. We send you a tip that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in just one minute a day. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up. We also want to share with you our favorite tip right now, which is how to customize, or it's my favorite tip right now, <laughs> how to customize your iOS 13 messages profile with your name and picture. Mm. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with this with my friends. If you go into the messages app, you now have the option to change your photo and your name. So you, and you, you can do some like fun nicknames if you want to mess with your friends or just have it be your actual name. But this is the first time that it puts into your control what other people are seeing mm-hmm. when they message you. Because before it would, you know, for a lot of times it would pull from social media. I had I would see like a 10-year-old picture from social media on my yeah, friend's yeah, yeah, messages yeah. profile. So um, you look like you have a question. Or should no, I, I just okay. have a comment about it, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, which is way back in the day, Facebook had this functionality where they would sync people's profiles with uh, their, their people's contacts with their profile photos. Mm-hmm. And I think they stopped doing it or like most people I know stopped using that functionality, one or the other, because everyone I know has these like 10-year-old photos of everybody in their contacts. Okay, yeah, that's what it is. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. It drives me crazy. And so now not only does it give you control, but it allows people to update their profiles as, you know, we all age and change and things like that. I do have a complaint that goes along with this, though. Because I did have a few friends where I'd gone and I'd gone through the trouble of actually picking out a photo I really liked of them, and then they updated it, Mm. which is fine. But, like, sometimes... Uh, what they did is they like halfway went through updating it. And if you don't actually load a photo, you can like select like a color for your initials. And so sometimes it actually overwrote a nice picture I had of them of just like their initials with a background color. Right. And that was annoying. So I think the takeaway there is follow Donna's steps that she's about to give you to make sure you're actually setting up a photo so you're not overriding people's lovely photos of you with your initials. (laughs) Right. It's true. 
Um, so you go to the messages app, you tap the three dot icon next to messages at the top. And that in general usually just gives you like more menu options. From there, you'll, if you already have something set for your name and photo, you'll have the option to edit name and photo. Otherwise, you'll have another option to set it up for the first time. And from there, you'll have the option to add a photo from your camera roll and also to customize your first and last name. And also when you're setting this up, in the tip we have written, it says that it will ask you whether you want to apply this to the Messages app as well as your Apple ID and contacts listing. I never had that pop up and ask me about that. Did it for you? You know, it's funny because the tips you're giving, I did it in the reverse way. I set it up for my Apple ID. I loaded up a photo, and then it said, do you want to apply it to your Messages app? So I did that in reverse, but there seemed to be multiple ways to get there. Yeah, so if you go into the Settings app and you tap your name at the top, and from there you can edit your name and your photo as well. That's another way to do it, like David said. so you have some different options, but one thing that's fun about it is you can set a Memoji as your picture if you want as well. If you have customized a Memoji um, previously, then you can just choose that or you can set it up for the first time. I've noticed that people are starting to use Memojis a lot more. Like, I feel like the last, how long have we had them? It's been two years, one year, uh, two years. It's been a couple of years, yeah. I feel like it hadn't really picked up, and now suddenly, every at least in like my little friend circle world, everyone's using no, them now. No, it's funny. We just had a conversation about that in in a meeting yesterday, uh, and we have some articles about how to set up Memojis, and they've like exploded in popularity, and oh, we were really? commenting on that, and it's exactly, I think what it is, is first of all, a lot of people are updating their phones and now have access to the Animojis, uh, and second of all, Apple now has a lot of options of like stickers and things you can use a Memoji for that even if you have an older phone, you can use it. So suddenly they're available to everyone. Right. Like my mom has an older phone and yeah. she's able, she like set up her own Memoji and is loving it. It's really cute. It's weird how long it took to catch on and suddenly it's popular. I still stand by Bitmoji is my favorite. What about you? Really? No, I'm kind of converting. Oh, now. really? I think the Memojis are cute. Also, there's the all the extra options like it's way more possible to make a memoji really look like you now mm. like i feel like the one i set up for my mom and for helped my sister too like it really looks like them which is fun i will say I had that a, was the, what i didn't like about it before is they were just too generic i will say i had a breakthrough on my memoji as long as we're on the topic <laughs> a breakthrough wow. yeah well i always complain that memoji does not have good options for long curly hair especially for men so i put my hair up like we talked about this when oh, I was yeah. teaching class. So now it looks more like me because my hair is up. Like, and I often have my hair up. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else with this tip I wanted to share. No. <laughs> yeah, we got way off yeah, topic there. So I, I think that that's it. Have you, do any of your friends have Memoji message profiles? Or? No, I don't think I've seen anyone do a Memoji message profile. I definitely have been noticing I'm getting a lot more Memojis. And I like, I will say, I like the stickers. I started doing some Memoji stickers, which I yeah. never do stickers before, but I'm kind of enjoying that. The stickers are fun. Um, I agree with you that Bitmoji is better than Memojis in that way, though, because there's so many options. Whereas, like already, I've, like the stickers, there are a few things like your face with hearts or you know, a, like a frowny face, but you kind of run through them quickly. Like yeah, they need more. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm hoping Apple adds more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our favorite tip this week. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for our daily tips newsletter, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips.
I also want to take the opportunity to tell you about our premium subscription. That's iPhone Life Insider. We have a premium educational platform where we uh, include video guides. We have an iOS 13 guide. We have an iPhone basics guide, guides for all of your different devices that you own from Apple, um, all the iOS devices. And we also have digital access to iPhone Life Magazine, a premium version of this podcast without any ads and also with exclusive content. You um, also get access to us if you have pro- <laughs> if you have any tech problems, you can contact us and we help walk you through uh, and get to a solution. And am I forgetting any of our features, David? Oh, oh video version of our daily tips. Yeah, video version of our daily tips uh, and ad-free version of the podcast. Did you say that already? Yes, I did. So it's a really robust subscription. You get a lot when you sign up. Uh, People love it. We have... We've been adding so many people lately because they're excited about learning about iOS 13, and we have an awesome guide on that. Yeah, now's the time to do it. Our iOS 13 guide is amazing. So make sure you check it out. We actually just put a link to, you don't even know about this. We Mm. put the intro video to the iOS 13 guide on the landing page for Insider so you can watch it and you can see the quality. Rayanne does an amazing job. Uh, And we have a discount for you. Uh, We got two discounts, they're stacking. So the first discount is if you are a podcast listener, you get 50% off. So it's a really good discount. Now we've made that more aggressive for you guys. Uh, And the second discount is we've added a senior discount. So it's seniors and service members, military veterans, all get an additional uh, $12 off. So that ends up being 60% off. So make sure you go to the special link that Donna will tell you about. It's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And we think you're going to love it. <laughs> we know it. And if you don't, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. <laughs> yes. Um, I wanted to share some comments from our listeners last episode. Uh, last episode, we – or maybe it was the episode before. But we talked about the Apple Card. And so we had some people write in who also had the Apple Card. It was and, last episode. Oh, okay. Um, I completed the credit card application in less than five minutes and was approved. My wife wanted a physical card which is an advantage since retailers don't always utilize Apple Pay. I use Apple Pay via the wallet app. The critical advantage of the actual card is there are no numbers on it, making it less likely to be compromised. The Apple Card also uses encrypted numbers versus just your credit card account number, thus adding another layer of security to avoid compromise. Easy to use, pay, check your balance via the wallet app. All other credit cards will have to match Apple cards, if only for the security features. Hands down, the safest credit card to use. I'm a dedicated Visa Amex user, probably not for long. That was from Mike Davis. So he seems very enthusiastic. About I, Apple yeah, cards. I will say that everybody seems so sided with Noah. Uh, <laughs> I, we had one person, I think Ken, sided mm-hmm. with me with the the exchange rates of credit card points. Um, but most people seem to prefer the convenience of the Apple Card. At least the people who who emailed us. Is that correct? Yeah, and we have one more um, from Virgil. He said, I got the Apple Card just before buying a new Mac laptop. I wanted the 3% cash back. The application was super easy and quick, and I could start using it immediately. The physical card came in activated in a unique way and was almost instant as well. My 18-year-old daughter um, and first-year college student applied and got her Apple Card her first credit card. The application process was much more involved. She had to answer lots more questions <laughs> That's funny. and take a picture of her driver's license, 
her credit limit was $1,000 and interest rate is very high, probably the max, LOL. (laughs) Now two of my children also have the Apple card. Overall, I'm very happy with it. Um, That was interesting because one thing I was curious about is the application process, um, you know, depending on your credit rating or like, you know, as an 18 year old. Um, So it sounds like just like any credit card, they'd put you through more uh, if you're just getting started. But it is nice to hear that if you are just getting started, you do have access to it. Because the yeah. thing that I was saying the last podcast episode was that it has kind of comparable benefits to entry-level cards. And so the fact that entry p- people with entry-level credit, so to speak, can have access to it makes it a more a really appealing option for that demographic. Yeah. Can I tell you what I did? It's it's off the topic, but about credit cards. Sure. I just got an Amazon credit card. Uh, oh. And normally I'm all about the like sign up bonuses and I optimize for that. But like I spend a lot of money on Amazon, like an embarrassing amount of money on Amazon Me each too. month. And so Amazon gives you 5% back on Amazon purchases. Uh, really? Yeah. And so now I have it. I only use it on Amazon purchases and it's like saving me so much money. <laughs> oh my God. I think I need to get one. Yeah. So that's a side well, someday we'll have a credit card podcast and I'll just share all of my credit card views. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like for people who didn't listen to the last episode, it might be nice to give a little context um, because this all sounds like such glowing reviews of the Apple card with people writing in. But really, I mean, I felt like last episode we came more to the conclusion that it's not if you're willing to put in the time and play the credit card game, the Apple card is not the best. Like it doesn't give you you know, that like higher cash back than other uh, um, credit cards and things like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, we I think the conclusion we came to was it depends how you use credit cards. If you're somebody who wants convenience, then Apple Card's a great option. If you're somebody who enjoys the, both the convenience of signing up and the ha- they, Noah was very happy with how the um, – the dashboard was set up and easy to use. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who uses credit cards to kind of optimize for cash, to optimize for rewards, it's not the best option. It doesn't give you a sign-up bonus, which a lot of cards do, uh, and the rewards are fine, 2% back uh, for a lot of things, but they're pretty comparable to most other cards out there. So it's nice if you, I mean, it's a cool-looking card. It doesn't require high a high credit score to use necessarily, uh, and it has okay returns in terms of cash back. But in terms of like if you're trying to optimize for rewards, it's not necessarily the best card. Yes. Security is a good feature of it. And that's like with some of our listeners, security was a big deal to them. And like you mentioned the cash back, but also that it's really easy to manage in the wallet app. Yes. Like to me, that seems like one of the biggest advantages our COO, Noah, was on the show last uh, episode and was saying that for him, that was really great. Um, just having it be super easy to use. And like, I hope all credit cards move in that direction of having apps that work that well. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, they're doing a lot of things right that I hope other cards move in that direction. Yeah. So let's talk about the October announcement that we most likely are not going to get. (laughs) Yeah, or lack thereof. (laughs) Yeah. There have been a lot of rumors about Apple potentially having an October announcement. Over the past decade, Apple's held an October announcement most years. I think it's just been like two years that they haven't. Um, But we think we would have heard about it by now if there was going to be one. And one caveat we want to throw out there is we're recording this 
episode a little bit early. Donna's mm. going on vacation next week, I uh, and we can't have a podcast without her. So we're recording <laughs> this early, so you all might know more than we do at the time you're listening to this. Already, we are assuming, because we haven't heard about it, that there likely will not be an October announcement. By the time you're listening, if you have not heard about an October announcement, it's pretty unlikely that there will be one. Because usually Apple sends out has usually sent out an invite about two weeks ahead of an announcement, mm-hmm. and it's usually been mid to late October, so it would be very unlikely it, that Apple is going to have one at all if we hadn't heard about it. Nonetheless, let's talk about what would have been in the announcement. The rumors, because yeah. there were rumors that there were going to be an announcement. What was, what should have been in it? <laughs> so what should have been in the announcement and really are still devices that will probably be up next for updates, whether that's this fall or early spring 2020, yeah. are the iPad Pro. Okay. Uh, and there's gonna, supposed to be a 16-inch MacBook Pro which is a larger display than any MacBook Pro has right now. And I was excited. Uh, to be and honest, also a new IMAX. Oh, nice. To be honest, the um, the iPad Pro, it feels like they had a really substantial update on the iPad Pro. I have the new one, and I'm not sitting there being like pulling out my checkbook to be to buy spend another thousand or fifteen hundred on a new one. You know, it feels know. like that's such a substantial one that I'm not surprised they didn't update it. I know. To me, it still feels weirdly soon to even be thinking about a new iPad Pro. I don't know why. I like yeah. you said, it's because it was so substantial. This, what would they change about it? The which sixteen yeah, inch okay. <laughs> MacBook Pro. I kind of was excited about. Apple yeah, used too. to have a 17-inch MacBook Pro, and a lot of people loved it. And, you know, a lot of people in our office, myself included, use the laptops as their primary computing device, and it's kind of nice to have that screen real estate. And I so agree. I was excited about it. I think it will happen eventually, um, but it's not yet happening. So what what are the rumors for when the iPad Pro does the new one, when they do update it? The rumors, they don't sound that exciting to me personally because um, I don't use a camera on the iPad very yeah. much. Um, but because a lot of the rumors are saying that we'll, it'll get updates similar to the iPhone 11 Pro line, which would be a triple lens camera and an updated processor. And that's pretty much it. I mean, the updated processor is always nice. But uh, yeah, I, I'm so, I would be so unexcited about both of those because first of all, the iPad Pro, in my opinion, is almost a little overpowered. Not that you ever complain that it's a powerful right. device, but like because of the limitations in the operating system, I still maintain that you cannot do a lot of complex computing tasks on it. And it's got a really powerful processor for the simple types of computing tasks you end up doing on it. And I never take photos on my iPad. Like, ever yeah no it seems i mean you said you use your uh, ipad mostly like at home on the couch or in bed or whatever so (laughs) it's like how many photos are you gonna be taking and i have the same you know i'm not using it like i'm not carrying it around with me very much yeah which is what's so great about the iphone as a camera because you have it with you when the moment arises where you want to take photos no exactly i mean and it's almost (laughs) comical whenever i if for ever any reason i ever try to take a photo with an ipad first of all i have a pretty bulky case on it because Mm -hmm. it's not designed for like being put in my pocket and and so i have like a folio case and it's all like i'm holding with two hands out here and it's this huge device it feels comical and it's like i have a phone that has a better camera and even if you had the same quality camera why would i ever use an ipad i feel like when i've been on vacation occasionally you'll see like tourists carrying around an ipad (laughs) it's like no one wants to be that person. yeah nobody wants to be that person (laughs) yeah so i mean 
write in to podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know if we're missing something. Tell us and how wrong we are. If you're really excited about an iPad <laughs> Pro with a triple camera, I don't know. Um, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, I agree, the bigger display sounds nice. I don't know much more about what would be updated there. I assume a better processor. Yeah, I mean, they... There's a couple features that I think the MacBook Pro has started integrating already that is pretty nice. They have Intel's newest generation of processors, which is supposed to be a pretty large step forward, uh, which I would like. I haven't, I think my MacBook Pro is like either one or two years old. So it's pretty new, and I'm already feeling sad that I don't have the new processor. They also now have the option for. Uh, 32 gigabytes of RAM, mm. which in this day and age feels pretty necessary. If you do a lot of professional tasks on your computer, 32 gigabytes of RAM is not that much really. Like most uh, laptops or computers that are desktop are like 64 gigabytes of RAM now. So that's really nice. Another thing that is really nice is there's been a lot, a lot of complaints about Apple's keyboard. Mm. It, there's a lot of people that are complaining that it's malfunctioning, that keys are breaking down, and I think it's called a, like a butterfly switch keyboard. And so they're supposed to be fixing it. They keep claiming that they're going to fix it. So th- those are a lot of kind of detailed things, but them fixing that keyboard would be really nice. I know. Have our, you had any problems with your keyboard? I haven't, but our CTO Raf complains about it to me like at least once a week. Your keyboard, it, to me, what's weird about it is just how shallow it is. Yeah. Like you basically, you hardly like depress the keys at all when you yeah which is a little bit weird to begin with but also the do you like that though or i don't care that much i'm I'm not raf (laughs) i don't care (laughs) that much about it uh i will say that my partner's keyboard the shift key stopped working that's terrible yeah and and it's such a bummer when that happens and you know it's probably not that big of a deal to fix if you live near an apple store but if you don't it's really a hassle so yeah i think it's definitely a problem a lot of people are complaining about it online hmm well, I guess we might have to wait to the spring for these devices, though. Yeah, Apple tends to have a kind of floating announcement. So they have they almost always announce the iPhones in September like they did this year. And then they often have a, an announcement in the later fall and or the spring. So it's not that weird that they're skipping one. They often either skip the late fall or the spring. So we'll probably get these in the spring. Yeah, I think we should make a question of, for this episode. We can always choose another one if we want. But let us know what if there's anything you're particularly looking forward to Apple releasing next. Um, and also if you would be excited about an updated iPad Pro and or MacBook Pro, email podcasts at iphonelife.com. David, tell us about the Apple Watch Series 5 next. Yeah, so I've, I've had it for probably about two weeks now. And... So far, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so now I updated. I, I, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know I had the original Apple Watch. It wasn't even a Series One. It was just like there was no name. It was just the original Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So I skipped so many generations that my experience with it is not necessarily the same experience as it would be if you updated from the four. Um, so, but I'm really enjoying it. Which is the one that I, I have the Apple Watch Series Four. Okay. And before that, I had the original one. I updated because my um, there was an issue with the original Apple Watch where the battery was expanding in some people, yeah. and so like my display like popped off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's what inspired me to update. It was also so slow; like I kind of couldn't believe how long you kept your original one. Could you talk a little bit about like the speed comparison yeah, of the original? Versus absolutely. This? And you're out. You're right. Like 
when I got my new one, my reaction was to feel angry that I'd been using my old one for so mm. long. Because and, and I had pretty much stopped doing most tasks with my Apple Watch because it was so slow. And I don't know why I did that, to be honest. Like, I should have upgraded a long time ago. That was um, going to be my next question. Like, why did you wait so long? It felt because I didn't have the contrast. It felt like it still worked okay until I used the new one and I realized how slow it was. And a lot of the stuff was like things that you don't think about as being a speed issue. Like, for example, when a text come in, comes in and I look at my watch, it shows up instantly for me now. Whereas before, it would take a second to load. But I wasn't thinking, oh, the processor's slow. I was just thinking it was like, that's just how Apple Watches work. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying... <laughs> I'm really enjoying the speed. It means I can use third-party apps a lot more now. Um, I still don't use that many third-party apps. Do you yeah, use third-party apps? I was going to ask, like, I feel like I could more often now, but I feel like with the Apple Watch, what I've found to be most useful is built-in apps of Apple's. Yeah. I will. I do use Spotify's app now, which I never used on my mm. other one. Um, I still. I use that too. Actually, I'm still really annoyed at Spotify because they don't allow you to download music onto your Apple Watch. But uh, it's still nice to be able to control Spotify. I use Siri on my watch now, which I like never used on my other watch because it just was too slow and frustrating for me. Very frustrating. There were a lot of things I was trained out of trying to do on my Apple Watch when I had the original one, just because. The loading time to me, I had a different reaction when it would take a while. It would just like make me feel like the Apple Watch is useless. Yeah, no, there was some of that for sure where and I just stopped using it for functions. So when I got the Series 4, I was suddenly like, oh, it's not really inconvenient to do things with my Apple Watch, so I'm more likely to do it. Um, for the, With the original, I always feel like fitness tracking has been well done and yeah. works well. So that's why I liked my Apple Watch. Um, and to get the occasional notification and see my messages, it was nice for that. And that was pretty much it. But now I agree. Like, it's great for dictating messages with Siri. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fast. Um, I'm also appreciating the bigger screen uh, because mm. I, the, uh, they, I think they updated this in the Series 4. Series but 4. They, it's a bigger screen, but it's thinner and lighter. So I'm really appreciating that. Uh, and it has a new haptic engine. Which it, it like it feels nicer when you're using it, especially using like the crown. It has this nice like clicking as I'm scrolling through things that like feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about like so what's unique about the Apple Watch Series Five yeah. that you can't get with the Series okay. Four? Yeah, absolutely. So the main thing is the always-on display, uh, and that is that's the biggest one. There's also a couple other small ones. There's noise monitoring. Um, those are the two main ones, to be honest. There's not like a huge amount other than that. I know. I feel like at Apple's event, they talked about the always on display a lot. And I actually care about this feature a lot. And so it's not worth updating from the Series 4 to the Series 5, in my opinion, for it. But I was mad that I don't get it. Yeah. Um, well, what is, tell us, what is the always on display? Always on display. I mean, the name is a little self-explanatory. How Apple Watches used to work is they would be a black screen until you looked at it, and then it would light up. And so you'd look at your watch, and then it would light up and tell you the time or whatever notification. But if you weren't looking at it, it would not light up. So there's a couple problems with that. First of all, it made the watch look a little weird to everyone else in the world because mm -hmm. it was just like a black box on your wrist. So now it looks more like a normal watch to people, which is really nice. Because Apple makes a big deal about customizing your watch face and all these things. And if you, no one can ever see it but you, that's yeah. really weird. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, 
a lot of times I'm kind of just looking at my watch out of the corner of my eye and I, I'm not doing a full wrist turn like this to get it to light up. And now mm -hmm. I can see the time. I can see if I have any notifications uh, without having to fully look at it. And so there were a lot of times where I would want to look at my watch and it would take a while because I think it was going to work and it didn't quite register or I didn't quite like want to go through the whole trouble of turning my wrist towards me that yeah. sort of thing now i will say here are my complaints about it though it's not mm -hmm. perfect first of all it uh does not have functionality unless you're looking at your wrist which is really confusing so if i take my watch right now and it's facing not towards me and i try to like use it it won't work Oh, weird. Which is weird. And that's, I'm assuming, a battery-saving feature? I don't know if it's a battery-saving feature or if it's trying to avoid the scenario of, like, people just brushing up against it. Oh. But it's really confusing because, like, I'll look at my wrist and I will see that I have a notification. I'll see the red dot and I'll swipe down to view that red dot and I can't do it until I look at my wrist and then it works. Is there any visual indication between when it's you're able to use it and when you're not? Yes, and that's part of both. That's a little bit of a good thing, a little bit of a bad thing. So the view on the always on display is not the same view as when you're looking at your wrist. For me, mm. I switched to this, one of the more like nice looking watch faces because of the always on display i have the jellyfish one have you ever used oh, this oh yeah i like that one it's like really cool it's like it's this cool like looking. ethereal jellyfish just like floating around and every time i look at it i see this like jellyfish floating on my screen uh and they like adjust the colors of the text to match the jellyfish which is a really nice subtle feature um but that's not the view that i have when i'm not looking at my wrist it just is showing me the time uh, it's basically just showing me the complications. So uh, it's not a beautiful display. And for anyone listening um, who doesn't know what a complication is, that's a gen that's a traditional watch term that um, is any information that's not the time. Yes, exactly. So it's okay. not a traditional display in that sense. So it does give me the visual indicator that, okay, my watch is not ready to be used. Uh, but it mm. also doesn't make my watch look pretty, which yeah, is one of the things I wanted. Yeah, like, you choose your watch face, you know, you get to customize it, and then you don't get to show it to anyone. Well, you still don't get to show it to yes, anyone. Yes, exactly. Well, also, I mean, I guess that does make sense to me, though, because already the Apple Watch battery is a bit of an issue. It's a little bit of a stretch to get through a full day um, just on one charge. And so uh -huh. if they're going to have a display with like a cool graphic on it all the time, that would probably kill your battery yeah. so fast. And I will say that I, I mean, again, I'm updating from such an old Apple watch <laughs> that the comparison is unfair, but like I've had no problems with battery life on it. With oh, really? an always on display. Yeah. That's, uh, that was going to be my next question. Cause even though Apple spent a long time at the announcement talking about how it, they, developed a technology in such a way that it wouldn't affect your battery life. I've heard a lot of people being skeptical about that, being like, you know, already I struggle with my Apple Watch battery. What's this going to do to it? I mean, my dream is to be able to go two days. I cannot do that. Like a day and a half and my Apple Watch dies. Mm. But I can make it solidly and comfortably through an entire day without having a problem. And so that's like, that's, that's nice. the bar. And like even with workouts and stuff, because that yeah, takes a lot of battery. Even, definitely, if I I had one day where I did a lot of workouts and I used my Apple Watch for navigating, mm. and I think it died by the end of the day. 
but like it was i think it, it either made it through the day or almost made it through the day so i wasn't too like that was like pretty rigorous use case um yeah those are the two like biggest yeah <laughs> battery drains but i don't know about you but like I, I like the little magnetic puck on the bottom, but every once in a while, like, I just keep it on my nightstand and it'll just, like, get knocked off and then I doesn't charge. Yeah, that's happened to me, too. And so that is, uh, I am, uh, I would like it if it could last two days for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so would you say overall the always-on display is a feature that you has, like, delivered? <laughs> I would say... If those of you who listen to the podcast a long time know, I love my Apple Watch. It's one of those things where nobody needs an Apple Watch, but it, and it's hard to explain the value of it if you don't own one. But everyone I know who – almost everyone I know who owns one loves it. I think fitness tracking and notifications are big, I would say – you, like those are really useful parts of the Apple yeah. Watch, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a very polished, functional device. Mm-hmm. Uh, fitness tracking for sure. The notifications are the thing that I have a hard time explaining to somebody how great they are <laughs> because it doesn't really feel nice. like a big deal. But now if I ever don't have my Apple Watch on me, I find myself being really frustrated because I'm constantly having to pull out my phone to see if somebody notified me, if somebody texted me, if I got any notifications and read what they are. And being able to just have my phone face down on the table or in my pocket and having a general read on what's going on from my watch is like weirdly convenient <laughs> and music playback is really great too yeah um, i mean if you have the cellular one it's even better because you don't have to deal with downloading music to your apple watch but um even so it's still nice so my overall recommendation in opinion is that if you have the series four don't bother. It, the always-on display is nice. It is a nice addition. It was a good feature they added. It's not worth the money to upgrade. If you have an older device than the Series 4, I think it's worth it because I do really enjoy the larger display, the faster processor. All of those things are really nice, and they're making a large difference in my experience with my Apple Watch. Um, Noise monitoring is the other feature we didn't talk about. Yeah, like it just, sounds like you're saying the always-on display isn't enough alone to update from the Series 4 to the 5. What about noise monitoring? Does that add anything I, worthwhile to you? I, again, these are one of those things where different people have different opinions. Some people really care about it. I find that feature to be completely useless. I have not used it once other than just to test out how it worked. Mm. If I'm in a noisy environment, I usually know that I'm in a noisy environment. Uh, I haven't had that. Like there's sort of a middle ground where you're in like, let's say a city where it's like a little bit noisy, where it might like be like subtly affecting your long-term hearing, but you don't know that. I have not experienced that. (laughs) Uh, And even even if I did get a notification on my phone telling me that, I don't know what I'd do about it. How does the setup work of of it? Just to you know, to be honest, I'm a little bit confused by how it works. There is an app that is a like a listening app, and I can tap on it, and it'll tell me what the uh, audio is. So right now, I'm at 35 decibels. Actually, funnily enough, it would be a useful thing to have on while I'm doing a podcast that I never yeah, like, thought are about. Are you talking loud enough? Oh, like, I just oh. spoke too loud. Uh, and weirdly, like, yeah, as I spoke too loud, it's like this might affect your long-term hearing. Well, am I like piercing your ears? Yeah, you're my actually voice? damaging my hearing right now, <laughs> oh, Donna. No. Please be quiet. No. <laughs> Which is like, to, we're joking about it, but it's actually annoying to me that like we're carrying on a normal conversation and it's telling me that it might be damaging my hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Um, but also like, unless you open the app, I've never had it pop up and give me a notification. 
So I don't know if that just means I am not damaging my hearing. Like, I don't do a lot of things that are in loud places. Or if it just means that, like, it doesn't function very well. I wonder if you you should have um, sent your Apple Watch along with our video producer, Rayanne. She just went to a concert last week. That would be a really good way to test it i'm going to chicago this weekend so we'll see what happens i am going to a concert but unlike rayanne that went to like a heavy metal show i'm going to a folk concert so oh, i think well, i'll be what safe concert is it uh yoke lore oh i'm really jealous. excited about it fun. yeah uh and i'm going to a bears game so the bears game will be the true yes. test okay next episode you'll have to let us know okay. how that went can i tell you something else i love about my apple watch yeah it's like not related to the series five at all i'm loving the band that i got is that an Apple Watch? An Apple? It's an Apple Watch, watch band, band, and it's it's one of the ones that's included. So it used to be the only one that was included was the sports band, and it was the this rubber band. Yeah. I have a hard time with Apple Watch bands in general because the one I thought that sports band did not look very nice. I don't uh, love it, yeah. But I also don't want a leather band because I'm using it for fitness. Mm -hmm. This is the other problem that I have with the sports band and most bands is my wrist is often between sizes. Mm. And so it's like either a little bit loose or a little bit too tight. And it's, that's particularly annoying for an Apple Watch where you need to have a snug fit for the heart rate monitor to work successfully. Yeah. So this is a nice middle ground in that it's Velcro. Uh, and so it can be an exact fit. It also, in my opinion, it's made of, it's like made of a nylon finish where it, it's water resistant. It handles sweat pretty well. It looks nice too. And it doesn't look that bad. You would think it would look kind of ugly and it doesn't yeah, look that bad. Yeah, when I hear bad. like a Velcro strap, you'd think of something yeah. really cheap looking, but it doesn't. And it was free. It, it was the, like, it, they didn't. A lot of Apple Watch bands, they upsell you. So you have to yeah. pay extra to use instead of the sports band. This was an option that I could get with the – it was the same price as sports band. In other words, it was a companion for the Apple Watch. I didn't pay extra for it. The fit, I think, is a huge thing too because I have a leather watch band that I really like. But, um, you know, the leather stretches over time. I feel like most of the time I feel like I'm between notches mm -hmm. on, on there. And so it's like either feeling too loose or too tight on my wrist, which is and, really unpleasant. And do you use it when you work out? Because I had a I leather do, band. I do, which you're right. It's kind of gross. It got, I mean, <laughs> yeah. not, not to point fingers or anything. Mine got really gross at least. Yeah. I had no, to stop gross. using it. The outside, it looked okay. But if you ever like looked on the inside of it, you could like see sweat stains. Yeah. So. Not, not, not ideal. Yeah. So this is, <laughs> I'm, I've been happy with this. <laughs> All right. Um, um, I think that wraps up our episode, unless you had any parting thoughts about the Apple Watch Series 5 you wanted to share no, with No, I listeners. think the one thing I will say in terms of upgrading, and one of the reasons why I drew the line between Series 4, the heart rate monitor is really nice. It's something that you're not going to use regularly, but when you need it, it's really comforting to know that I have it. I did go and use it. It's the EKG, I think is what it's called. Oh, yeah, the... Um the EKG app. The EKG. Yeah. I did go and use it, and I do have a normal functioning heart, which I was relieved to yeah. see. Uh, it was funny because it gave me this notification. It's like, you have a sinus rhythm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's that? And I'm like panic Googling, and I'm like, they're like, that's the normal thing. I'm like, okay, good. That means you have like a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, good, I have a heartbeat. Uh, so the Series 4, they added that functionality. So if you have before a Series 4, you don't have it. It's one of those things where you're probably not going to spend the money just for an EKG unless you're particularly wanting to monitor your heart conditions mm -hmm. 
but having it is nice. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of comfort. And you see, you know, Apple's not joking around when they have all these commercials of people who saved their life with it. So it is nice. I know. I feel like it's really great for both my my dad and my grandma both have the Apple Watch. And I think it's a really nice thing, like, as you're aging to have yeah. um, now, like, access to be more proactive about your own health. And that feature, by the way, you just press your finger to the digital crown for 30 seconds and it tells you that. Yes. It seems like almost like magic. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I should use it more regularly, to be honest. Because it was one of those things where I kind of expected it just to happen. But no, you have to actually go in and do it. Yeah, whereas a lot of the heart rate monitoring is passive otherwise. Yes. But this is something different. I do have one other feature I'm enjoying that is a feature that I think has been available since the Series 1. So I'm a little mm. bit embarrassed to talk about it. it. My Apple Watch can now unlock my computer. Oh. I don't know if you have that turned on. If you have a no. Mac or a MacBook... If, and you, you can set it up so that when you have your Apple Watch on, you go towards your computer, you turn it on, and you do not need to enter a passcode anymore. You're right. I remember hearing about that feature years ago, and I never set it up. Yeah. I tried to before, and I couldn't because I had the original series. I'm really enjoying that. It's like such a little detail. It's not a reason why you buy an Apple Watch, but it's a reason why you love an Apple Watch. Uh, the other one that's just I've always had everyone who has an Apple Watch has but one of those little things why I love my Apple Watch if I can't find my phone I can use my Apple Watch to ping my phone and that's when I'm that's when I I use all the time everyone who I I know who has an Apple Watch uses it a lot but a little bit we want to just share the benefits of Apple Watch in general because I know I'll give you some statistics. I think about 25% of you all have Apple Watches and the rest don't. So hopefully we're sharing the benefits yeah. for, and it's interesting for those of you who don't um, and those of you who do and are thinking of upgrading. I love it. I'm really enjoying it. And the holiday season's coming up, so it could be either an excuse to treat yourself or maybe you want to get one for a family member. Yeah. All right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're an insider, stick around. We've got some bonus content for you. That's right. We'd love to ask for you guys to rate and share this podcast. Helps other people find it. If you go into the iTunes or the podcast app, I mean, and rate it, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye.